best thing about the playoffs is that anything goes. Lakers and Clippers advance. That's not a surprise to anyone. And they're waiting on the winners of Rockets versus Thunder and Denver versus the Jazz, which is the best first round series of these playoffs featuring two incredibly talented young ballers. I'm excited for game seven. I want to see what Donovan Mitchell does. I want to see what the Denver Nuggets do, especially Jamal Murray. He has been on fire. Two guys in the same series, both with two 50-point games each. It's the NBA Cypher. We're in the playoffs. Let's go. So in the West, you've got the Clippers awaiting the winner of the Rockets Thunder Series, which, by the way, in the third quarter, the Thunder up 77-75. If the Rockets should go on to win this series, I'll gladly take that L. I actually picked the Thunder in six because I thought without the Brody, I didn't think Houston could win this series. Obviously, it was 2-2 when Russ came back in game five. He was rusty. I don't think he had any impact in terms of his production, but I think his presence definitely gave the Rockets energy. Here we are in game six, the closeout game. I think the Rockets present a bigger challenge to the Clippers than the Thunder would in terms of overall talent and matchups. That's why I'd much prefer to see that matchup. The idea of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, going up against Russ, going up against the Beard, along with those shooters on the outside, small ball, the Clippers' depth versus the Rockets' dynamic duo and those three wing shooters. That's going to be a seven-game series. And then, of course, you've got the best series in the first round. The Lakers are waiting on the winner in game seven. You've got Denver going up against the Jazz. I had the Nuggets winning this series in six only because I thought that the Nuggets had an identity crisis. Like I said before, it was never clear who was the alpha. Jokic, the most consistent player, incredibly talented, but he's not an alpha. Terrific, gifted player, and he's still young. We're talking about a 23-year-old basketball player. But a Jamal Murray has that alpha in him. And with Jamal Murray, as I've said before on this show, gifted, special. If he ever had a weakness, it was consistency. But what you're seeing from him and Donovan Mitchell of the Jazz is insane. The talent, the shooting. Donovan Mitchell is shooting 55% from three. Jamal Murray is shooting 57% from three. They're both shooting over 90% from the line. For the series, Donovan Mitchell is averaging 38 points a game, just under six assists. Jamal Murray, 34 points a game, just under seven assists per game. I thought when you look at these two rosters, top to bottom, Denver clearly has more talent and more firepower. I think the shock that no one saw coming, including myself, 
was once Mike Conley came back, he looked like Mike Conley from the Grizzlies. 22 points, five assists per game, shooting 60% from three. Let me say it again. 60% from three and 90 from the line. Mike Conley's averaging 23 points a game in this series. Rudy Gobert has made himself more of an offensive factor, 16 points, 11 rebounds. Then you've got Jordan Clarkson off the bench with 18 points a game. That is the clear reason why at one point the Jazz were up 3-1. And then Jamal Murray goes off. He responds by dropping 50 on these Utah Jazz twice. Jamal Murray, right now, he doesn't look like just the best player on the Nuggets. He looks like the best player in the world if you've just watched the last couple of games. Now, obviously, I'm talking about in the moment. Clearly, we know who the best five players are in the NBA, but you can see the talent on this Nuggets team. Murray's 22. Jokic is 24. Jeremy Grant, who they got from the Thunder, one of those do-everything players, is 25. Michael Porter Jr. is 21. Monte Morris is 24. Dozier, 23. Bo Bo, 20. And then you've got veterans like Mason Plumley, Paul Millsap, who can do a little bit of everything. They're playoff tested. Denver has every element you need right now to be a title contender. What they've never had is consistency. And they've never had a clear alpha. Jokic might be the all-star, but the guy that can explode and go for 40 or 50, that's Jamal Murray. I think in game seven, nothing changes for me. I picked the Nuggets in six. Obviously, we're in seven. I'm still going to ride with the more talented team. I'm going to ride with the more talented duo. As gifted as Donovan Mitchell is, and I have a lot of respect for Rudy Gobert, the combination of Murray along with Jokic, and I think Denver's depth will decide this series. In the East, the conference semis have already started. The Celtics blew out the Raptors 112-94. In this series, it comes down to a lot of things that we've talked about during the course of the season. Boston's dynamic perimeter players. Jason Tatum, Kimba Walker, Jalen Brown. And really, before he was injured, I thought if they matched up with the Raptors, with Gordon Hayward, I would have gave the edge to the Celtics. Without Gordon Hayward, I still think this is a seven-game series. This is going to come down to the Raptors' depth, and that's with Kyle Lowry. Ibaka, Siakam, Anubi, Van Fleet, Norman Powell, Terrence Davis, Mark Gasol, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, their depth against the small ball, the wings of the Celtics. When you look at the Raptors team, there's no one player on there that you can say, yeah, he looks like the kind of player that could be the best player on a title-winning team. But I want to remind everybody, these guys are fresh off of winning the title. They've got that under them. 
that experience. They've gone through tough series before. No, Kyle Lowry and Van Fleet aren't the most dynamic backcourt, but they're both big shot takers and makers. They're both gritty, take charges. They will do the little things to help help their team win. Don't underestimate Siakam. No, he's not as fluent a scorer or as gifted with the basketball off the bounce like a Jason Tatum. I'm not even sure he's as gifted a scorer as Jalen Brown. He is a very good player. He can be the Raptors' leading scorer so long as the shot makers, Lowry, Van Fleet, and Norman Powell make shots. The Raptors have to do this as a unit. They have to make this more about team ball because if it becomes a series of matchups, the Celtics have the advantage because of Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kimba Walker. Along with what a guy like Marcus Smart could do, who gave them a big game in game one, when Marcus Smart gives you 21 points, along with six rebounds and four assists, plus his defense, plus the tenacity that he brings to the court, that's a bonus. The Raptors have to make this about their depth. They have to will their way. They have to slow down the pace. To a de- It's funny because both teams want to play fast. But I think the Raptors need to go to – they need to go more into the paint. Post up Ibaka. Post up Siakam. I think Siakam is stronger in the post than he is trying to create off the bounce on the perimeter. This, to me, when you look at these matchups top to bottom – is a seven-game series. I know what we all saw in game one, but I don't think that's going to be indicative of what we see the rest of the way. I think this goes seven. I'm going to call it a pick em. This is going to be one where, as a fan, I'm going to enjoy it going seven, but I have no idea who wins this series. I think it's going to be that close in the end. <laughs> Also in game one of the second Eastern Conference semi, the Heat take out the Bucks, 115 to 104. Jimmy Buckets goes for 40 points. The Dragon, Goran Dragic, drops 27 points. If I told you that Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez combined for 52 points, more times than not, you'd think that cleared the way for Giannis to go to work. But if you saw this game, I thought Miami did a great job of not only walling off the paint, but every time he put the ball on the floor, they attacked his dribble. Giannis had 18 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, 6 turnovers. And more importantly, I can tell you right now, Miami or any team, will live with Giannis taking three-point shots. They will live with him taking jump shots. And if he's going to go four for 12 from the free throw line, then he's going to get the hack-a-shack treatment. I know I've said this before. It is a fact. He's a center. It is easier to deny a center a ball. But more importantly, he's a center with the ability to put the ball on the floor But Bam Adebayo has the lateral quickness. He can match up with Giannis. He has the size 
to body up with Giannis. Then you've got guys like Jay Crowder who can switch off of him. Normally, you would say with his height advantage, he would be able to overpower Jay Crowder, but he's taller than Jay Crowder, not much bigger than him. And Jay Crowder doesn't fear Giannis's jump shot. Nobody does. Like I said, if he's going to take seven or eight threes a game, Miami will live with that. If he's going to go four for 12 from the free throw line, this will be a short series. Game one goes to the Heat because of their dynamic play of the Dragon and Jimmy Buckets. Giannis got help from Chris Middleton, 28 points. He got help from Brooke Lopez with 24 points. Now, offensively, they shot well. But I think if you look at the way they play defensively, I thought Miami spread them out, swung the ball around, and got whatever they wanted, especially late in the game. Coach Bud is going to have to find ways to move Giannis around, maybe do more 1-5 or more 1-4 pick and rolls. He's got to make himself more accessible in other spots on the floor. And I agree, he can't be afraid to take threes, but shooting threes is not what made him the MVP. He's got to post, he's got to go strong, and when they foul him, which they will, He's got to make them pay by making his free throws. This is going to be another long series. I think this one is a seven-game series as well. I know coming into the playoffs, I've heard people say Miami matches up well with Milwaukee. Boston matches up well with Milwaukee. The Raptors match up well with Milwaukee. And I agree with all those statements because I think Milwaukee, when you look at their talent top to bottom – Their margin for error is very small. And because their best player is actually a post player and they don't have any dynamic perimeter talent, Chris Middleton is a very good player. He's an all-star. But I don't know if he can take it to another level. I think for Milwaukee to not just advance beyond this series, but to go to the finals, yes, Giannis is going to have to step his game up, but they're going to have to get more from their starting backcourt. Your starting backcourt's got to give you more than a combined 15 points. The Milwaukee Bucks are also going to have to slow down Jimmy Buckets. Look, Jimmy Butler's dangerous if he can penetrate, get to the foul line, and get 25 or 26 points. If Jimmy Buckets is going to get 40 points, you're going to have a problem. And if it comes down to a free-throw shooting contest between Jimmy Butler and Giannis, again, This will be a very short series. I'm saying, much like the Raptors and Celtics, I still think this is a seven-game series. And I'm going to go ahead and roll the dice and roll with the number one seed in the East. I'm going to roll with the MVP, even though I don't really like their overall depth in terms of shot-making ability. I'm going to roll with the Bucks in seven. Just to get an update on that Rockets-Thunder series, the Thunder have beaten the Rockets 104-100. to We are going to have our second Game 7 in the Western Conference semis. Chris Paul leads the way with 28 points. Danilo Gallinari Gallo drops 25. Another Game 7. The NBA's back, everybody. I'm excited. I can't wait for these Game 7s. 
And it's going to be interesting to see how the Raptors respond in game two, as well as the Bucks. We'll talk about that on the other side. It's the NBA Cypher next time. 